Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. I know that you probably haven't noticed this, but um, like it's the end of the year, man. It's going to be 2020, and I hadn't thought about the roaring 20s. That was pretty cool. So, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have one of those suits. Any of you have one of those cool, what, what would they call zoot suits, something? Anyway, I'm going to come like this. But we are moving into a new year, and it's always kind of been my way when, when I was the lead pastor for a couple of years, all those years. I... I'm very linear in the way I think. I'm, all, I'm very fascinated by the passing of time. For some of us, more time has passed than for others. We're going to just leave that alone. But, you know, when December came and a new year was coming, I was always ready to say goodbye to the present year and hello to the new year. It, I'm always ready for a new year. But some of us You know, you've had a glorious year. I know there are people here who have had just a blessed year, and you would probably, if you had your prayer, would say, just more of the same, Lord. And that's cool. Amen. Now, there's others. You just had one of those years where, like, I barely survived this, and you want to kiss it goodbye, erase it from the calendar. I've had years that I wanted to throw the calendar away, and I would. You know, it's just gone. And then there's just life. Here we are, no matter where we are, we're pressing onto the upward call of Christ Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to share a few thoughts with you this morning. One is a new year's coming. I need to be refreshed. You ever just get tired? Yeah, I need to be refreshed. And so I want to share some words about refreshing for you. And I really believe, and I want to challenge you to believe as well, okay? It's easy for us to go to a church and listen to whoever's speaking. And they can be teaching a good word, but we just hear it and we don't take it home. Sometimes that's why people, you know, I'm not saying you have to do this, but take notes or what have you. Nowadays it's so funny because I'm on my phone and people probably think I'm calling someone and and I'm taking notes so I can bring a little jewel home and, and hopefully remember to look at it. And run it over and over. I believe God has a word of encouragement for you. I really do. About six weeks ago, I was minding my own business, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And I always preface this kind of language because I've never heard an audible voice. I do believe God can speak in an audible voice, but I've never heard one. Usually when God speaks to me, he just deposits a thought, sometimes a whole conversation, it seems, in my mind, and I just have this firm assurance. About six weeks ago, the Lord spoke something to me, and I shared it with Pastor Jim, and it was simply this, that 2020 is your year. But that wasn't meant to be for me, that Phil, 2020 is your year. That's not what it was. And it wasn't even meant to be for Pastor Jim and Tara that 2020 is your year. The thrust of it was this. 2020 atmosphere 
is your year. And I want you to just, you know, let's be audacious. However you do it, figuratively speaking, literally grab it. Put it in your pocket. Or, you know, it says about Mary, when the angel spoke to her, she hid those things in her heart. You ever take something that was spoken to you and you just kind of hit them in your heart? How do you do that? You put them in here. You put them in here. And you run them over and you run them over. And if you run them over enough, they descend about 12 or 18 inches, however far that is. And they become a part of your conviction. I believe that the Lord spoke that 2020 is the year for atmosphere. Now, that doesn't mean 2021 isn't and 2022 isn't because God loves doing things. Amen? Amen. And I think that God wants to do things in your heart and in my heart and in this church and through this church. And I personally believe that this church is going to be doubled this size by this time next year. And it's going to be because people who had a need, people who had a hunger, people who didn't even understand why have come to know the Savior. Is that good news, church? Amen. So let's pray for that. Let's just be a little bit crazy. And tonight when you go to bed or tomorrow when you're driving down the street and Holy Spirit, remind us and pray, Lord, cause the lost to be saved at atmosphere. Now, we're just one portion of the body of Christ. There's many wonderful churches in this community. And I pray the same thing for them, but this is where God has us. And so, Lord, pour out your spirit. The people would come to know the Savior. Remember, for those of you who at one time didn't know him, I remember being on the out, and suddenly I had an encounter with the Lord, and wow, it just changed my life. It was so funny, because I've told the story before. I come out of, like, the tail end of the hippie thing, and so it's after the first service, someone came up and said, can I see a picture of you with what you look like? And I said, well, I have a wedding picture. And I showed it to her, and she just went. And so here's what she said. This, we don't have to do this, but she said, next time you teach, you should put that up there. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but um, had an encounter with the Savior, and he changed me. And there was a lot of work to do, but he was committed. He's there in the good times. He's there in the bad times. He's there for you. And so here, I'm, I'm going to... Do one of my things. I want you to say this after me. God, I know that you're committed to me. You'll never leave me. You'll never leave me. And I want to walk hand in hand with you forever and ever. Amen. Lord, make it real. Make it real. One of the things I, I pointed out at the first service a while back when, when Jim first said, you know, Pastor Phil's going to come up and he's seasoned. You know what? I love that expression. I really do. You don't have to use it every time, but I love that expression. No, no, I'm fine with it. Because here's what it says to me. I remember being a brand new believer 20 years old. And then I remember being a believer 30 years old and 40 years old. And I'm 66 now. And you know what? By God's grace, my wife and I, we've run the race. There's still more to come. How much? I don't know. There might be a day. There might be five decades. Oh, Lord, spare me. 
But by God's grace, it's counted for something. And you don't have to be a pastor to have your life count for something. But I want it to count, don't you? Don't you want when all is said and done and we stand before the Almighty, I really want to hear this, well done, good and faithful servant. And I can, show, I'm gonna, I can throw you a little aside that might rattle your theological cage. I don't think every believer is going to hear well done. I believe every believer is going to hear come in. But you know, there are some, they love Jesus and they've never done squat for the kingdom. When you meet them, you think, wow, you really did well hiding. You know, you don't even know they know Jesus. They cuss and spit and chew and go with girls who do. And, and you know, I don't know how to rhyme it the other way. I'll have to figure something out. But I want your life, and I want that, that, that salutation in heaven where the Lord Jesus looks at you and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen? So be it, Lord. So be it. So what I want to do, I want to take a few <laughs> minutes, and I want to touch on a couple of things. A new year's coming. I believe God wants to encourage you, and I believe God wants to renew you, and I believe God wants to refresh you. I need all of those things. I need all of those things. I need to be encouraged and renewed and refreshed. So let's look at a couple of passages. Let's look at this first passage in Lamentations 3. We're not going to spend a lot of time here because the last time I taught, I used this text. But it was so appropriate, I just had to look at it again. Look at what it says. This is Jeremiah the prophet, and he says this in Lamentations 3, 22 and following. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. That's a really important verse, by the way. <laughs> you know, we... Because of God's love, we're not consumed. You might want to ponder that, but that's not what I'm going for. For his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. God's mercy to you and me never fails. In the morning, I, you know, I, I picture God when I wake up in the morning, and I look, I shared this with the first service. I look really funny in the morning. I know some of you look like, I don't know what you look like, but I mean, I look really funny. I used to laugh at my dad when I was young because he was a sight when he woke up and his hair was like this. And he, I thought, oh my gosh. And guess what? I'm him in triplets because I have more hair. And it's like, it's just a sight to behold. And God digs it. He really does. And my wife tolerates it. But God digs it. I remember once a very, very dear friend knocked on my door at 8 in the morning. I don't have the gift of hospitality. She knocks on the door at 8 in the morning. They little people. I looked through it. I thought, there's a human on the other side. And had it been almost anybody else, I wouldn't have opened that door. Now, don't come to my house and test me on this, please. But I opened the door, and truly, I'm not exaggerating. This is what she did. She went... And she just looked at me with big eyes and said, wow, you clean up pretty well. <laughs> Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You want to know something? When we come to Christ, when we're in Christ, here's what this means for one thing. What does it mean to be in Christ? It means to trust in him. 
as best you know how, to believe that he is the Lord and the Savior and that you are putting your trust, your faith in him. That's what it means to be in Christ. And then to walk in Christ means as best you know how, you are just pressing on to the upward call. Amen? And, you know, the expression pressing on, interesting expression. What to connote? There's something pressing back. There's a struggle. The Apostle Paul says, run the race. It's not a sprint. Have you figured that out? It's a marathon. He says, fight the good fight. He talks about putting on war, the uh, armor of, our, of warfare, the armor of God. All of those things denote that there's opposition. We are in a battle, okay? Get over it. It's just true. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. He is the overcomer and you belong to him. So here's my encouragement. Let's just get up as best we can. Get in Christ. Have a smile on your face. Try this. Here's a radical concept. You want to win people to Christ? Be nice. <laughs> you know, I know some Christians that just grade it, you know. Being, it looks like they've been sucking on lemons all day. What is that? I've actually had people, one guy at work where I work, and he just said, how come you're like that? And he meant it in the good. How come you, I sing all the time. I don't, I'm not saying I sing good, but I sing all the time. And I'm, I'm basically in a good mood all the time. There are exceptions, we all have exceptions. But to such an extent that he went, why are you like that? We'll, we'll get to that. The Lord wants you to know that his mercies towards you are new every morning. When you wake up in the morning and you come to him, you're brand new. Your sin is gone. Amen? Amen. Because I know some of you are really good sinners. Oh, our sin is forgiven. In Christ. He's made us a new creation. I love this. Remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and he said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a person is born again, they will not see the kingdom of God. Have you, the, the, the whole concept of born again, when we're born spiritually again, it's like we're a spiritual baby. Don't stay there. I know some people, they were birthed like 30 years ago, and they're still on the delivery table. That's just embarrassing. Get up, mature, press on. If you don't know how, talk to Pastor Jim or myself or some of the, the leadership team here or just some of your brothers and sisters. Lock arms and encourage one another. If you want to be proactive in the kingdom, and that's what God's called us to, we want to get up. You know, if we all lock arms together, we will accomplish things that wouldn't be accomplished otherwise. That's why the scripture says we are the body. And, you know, part of us is an arm and another person's an eye. I don't know who the nose is, probably me. But we are a, we are a part of the body of Christ. And when we come together, we can accomplish things. God wants you to know that his love is there for you. He likes you. He likes you. Now, I'm not saying he likes everything I do. But I raised kids. I can not like something they do, and I would give my life for them. You know, that's what love is like. Your heavenly father has a call. He has a purpose. If you're a part of atmosphere, 
this is your year coming for the kingdom, for the kingdom. So let's press on. Another, another uh, concept that I don't think we think about enough in contemporary American Western Christianity is resurrection. Check this out. I think we have a slide up here on resurrection. Look at this. Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, that's radical. Watch this. Watch this. I can do this. It's actually a five-week series, but I can do this in 25 seconds. Look at this life. Jesus conceived by God, born of a virgin. When he's 12 years old, he's teaching to such an extent in the temple that the Pharisees are listening and bewildered. He lives a life of miracles, healing the sick and raising the dead. He teaches profound truths. He offers himself up as a sacrifice. He dies on the cross. And then what happened three days later? No, no, no. What happened three days later? Resurrection. You can't say resurrection. Resurrection and resurrection are not related. It's the most incredible thing that happened in the history of mankind. And I mean that literally. I mean that literally. Now, we'll have to set aside the virgin birth. That's a little complicated. But all the other things, the magnificent teaching and the love and the acceptance and even some miracles... Others have done. There have been people who have died for other people. That's been done. Now, I'm not saying the same profundity as the cross, but I understand the, the spirit of where I'm going. But Jesus said this, I have the authority to lay my life down, and I have the authority to take my life back up. And what he was saying, in essence, is I'm going to die, and in three days I'm going to rise again. In essence, what he was communicating, everything I've said to you, every claim I've made, this will be the proof text. I will rise from the dead. And you know what? He did. He did. It's just not a theological concept. It's a profound life-changing reality. Resurrection. So it doesn't matter how messed up we are. Out of resurrection, look at this. Out of death, brought, he brought forth life. Out of defeat, he brought forth victory. Out of brokenness, he brought forth healing. And out of despair, he brings forth glory and joy. I want the resurrection power of God in my life. Because through that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? I believe that God can make you and me just more than we are. More than we are. I get excited. Forgive me. I'll, I'll pause and take some water. I want to always get excited. I'm sorry. I can't think of anything that should be more exciting than knowing the risen Savior. Than knowing the risen Savior. I mean, I want to tell you a few things about me and you. We who are Christ followers, we who are Christ followers, I want to tell you a few things about me and you. And so let me just look at the Sermon on the Mount for a few minutes. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus speaking. If you're a student of the Bible, you know these passages. But as, as I've heard Pastor Jim say, and, and I used to say it all the time, we leak. L-E-A-K. We leak. I can come to church and get filled up and, you know, I'm feeling good. 
but I can go to work and I'm giving out a little here and I'm getting out a little there. And, and it's like the water level's going down. So I have to come back and be renewed. I have to come to the fountain of God and be refreshed and refilled. This passage is so profound in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to you. If you love Jesus, he is speaking to you every bit as much as he was the multitude on the hill. You have to, I know it's hard for us to, to, to imagine that, but it's true. He's speaking to you and he's saying to you, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? And he goes on and says, it can just be thrown away. You and I are called by Jesus the salt of the earth. In other words, what is salt? It's a seasoning. And since Jesus spoke specifically about flavor, I'm going to stay with that metaphor. It's a seasoning. You and I and Christ have a particular seasoning, and it's the seasoning of heaven. And if we go and spend time with other people, they will begin to taste that. By just you being you and sincerely trying to follow Christ. That you, you do not have, I used to do street ministry. Any of you even know what street ministry is? That's when you walk down the street and you accost people for Jesus. You accost them for Jesus. There was a time a while back in the San Fernando Valley on Wednesday nights. It was car night. Literally thousands and thousands of people were there every Wednesday night. Any of you ever go there? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. We set up a church there. I got permission to use the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company parking lot, which was right in the middle of the drag, took my VW van, which was the hippie van, and had a sound system connected to it. And we gave away free cookies and this and that and the other and told people about Jesus. Some folks got saved. Most got accosted. And I found out that sometimes that's not the best way. You know how to be a witness for Christ? You know how to win people to Jesus? Love him, as pastor says so often, love God, love people. And if I love people, I'm not going to get in their face and, and hit them over the head with a 10-pound Bible. I'm going to just hopefully have the seasoning of heaven on me. Have the salt of heaven. The scripture says in the next verse, Jesus speaking, he says, you are the light of the world. You. You are the light of the world. Have you ever been in a really dark place? I don't mean, I don't mean life-wise. I'm in a dark room. I, you know, when you, when you travel a lot, sometimes you'll be in hotel, whatever, after, one after another, and they have those super thick drapes, and you close them all the way, and you go to sleep, and you're groggy because you've been on the road, and you wake up at 3.30 in the morning for some odd reason, and you don't know where you are. Anybody ever do that? Oh, yeah. You don't know, where, and you're disoriented. What do you naturally do? You look for the light. You look for the light. And when you find that sliver of light, it might just be the clock, although those cheap clocks all look the same, so you're still weird. But it might be like under a door or something. You see the light, and you focus on it, and for a moment, it gives you bearing. And as a result of that bearing, you start to gather yourself. I was in an inner room. I was in a room in a room, and the electricity went off, and it was frightening. It was that oppressive darkness. And all I just grabbed hold of like the wall and something else next to me, took a deep breath, and then I started looking for the light. 
It says in the scripture, behold, there was a darkness, and in the midst of that darkness came a great light. Jesus is the light of the world, but you and I have been called to be light to a dark world. And what does light do? It dispels the darkness. Amen? Do we live in a land where the darkness needs to be dispelled? It's not going to be dispelled through politics. You've probably caught that. Or through this or that or the other. It's going to be dispelled by believers who are interceding. And can I confess, sometimes we preach better than we live. This is an area of weakness for me. You know, the Apostle Paul says, pray for your leaders. I don't do that near as often as I should, and heaven knows they need it. I don't care what side of the aisle on you're on. That doesn't bother me. But we have been called to be light. And then Jesus goes on and says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. How are we a light in the world? By doing things. I'm tired of the Christian church being known for what it's against. In fact, you probably notice that I refer to myself most often as a Christ follower. I don't even personally use the word Christian too often, just myself. Why? Because the average person who doesn't know the Lord, when they hear the word, word Christian, they aren't dialing up good pictures. Oh, you're one of those. You're against this, and you're against that, and you're against this, and you're against that. And sometimes I'll say, well, no, 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 I'm not against those things. I might have a different feeling on something, but what have you. I'm a follower of Christ. And I want to be known for what we're for. Jesus was called, and it's my favorite title for Jesus, one of my favorite titles. He was called the friend of sinners. It seems like most people, when they think of Christian, it's just the opposite. I, I heard someone saying, I can't go to a Christian church because I know they'll judge me. That's not for us to be doing. I mean, I went to a Presbyterian church when I got saved, and I, I laughed. Somebody wants to see some of those pictures, too. I mean, I came out of the hippie thing. I had bell bottoms this big. <laughs> How many of you remember the super bells? Oh, I was styling. He's going, yeah. I was styling, man. Super bells and bandanas and things hanging off my wrist. I was so cool. And I went to this Presbyterian church, and you know what they did? They accepted me. <laughs> they loved me. I'm thinking all, they were weird. <laughs> Suits and ties and short hair, they smelled funny. And they accepted me and changed my life. What if we accepted people? You know what? The Holy Spirit is capable of convicting folks of sin. That's his job. To convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Let's just let him come and bask in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And eventually, one of two or maybe three things will happen. They'll get saved, so be it, Lord. They'll get convicted and run. Or they'll sit there and stew until their head pops. But let's let people come. I want folks just like me to come. I was a druggie. I was just a creep. Not as creepy as you, but I was just a <laughs> I was just a creep. I had a problem with judgment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you and I are called to be ambassadors. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is someone who has been designated by a nation, a state, empowered to represent that, the interests of that nation and state. 
this is not just, you have to understand this. Please, please, please. You have to understand this. This isn't just a cute little phrase in the Bible. Can I share something with you? There are no cute little phrases in the Bible that are just there to be cute little phrases. Oh, we're born again. Oh, we're redeemed. Isn't that cute? No, it took a horrible, bloody sacrifice. I'm an ambassador. No, that means that God has called all of us who are followers of Christ, have called all of us to be his representation here on earth. Have you noticed that for the most part, Jesus doesn't reveal himself literally, figuratively in front of people? Although you can read accounts in several places. You might not know it. There's an incredible revival going on in Iran, and there are more followers of Christ in Iran presently than there's ever been, and it is moving dynamically, and a large part of it is Jesus has been showing up to people or speaking to them in their dreams, and they have been born again. Amen? Now, that's pretty cool. We need it, Lord. You are ambassadors, and it goes on and on. I want to speed this up. We've been called to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. When John the Baptist started preaching, the first thing he said was, repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, synonymous terms. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. When Jesus started his public ministry, as it's recorded in Matthew, his first words were, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. First of all, let me just shed some light if you don't know. The word repent is not a word that I use when I talk to people. I don't go up to someone and go, repent. You thought I was going to do that. I'm going to get you. (laughs) Because it has a lot of negative connotation. You know what the word repent means? Change your mind. That's what it means. It means that's the essence of it. So if I'm walking this way and I'm thinking, I want to go have an affair, you know, I want to go. And the Lord says, Phil, change your mind. Or I want to go embezzle some money, and the Lord convicts me and says, Phil, change your mind. Or I don't believe that Jesus is the Lord and the Savior, and the Lord goes, Phil, change your mind. That's what repent means. And we are ambassadors, and we've been called to proclaim the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The best definition I ever heard for the kingdom of God came from a theologian named George Ladd, and then uh, someone else who was uh, mentored by Ladd, Actually, my lad's writings shared it with me. Here's a definition of the kingdom of God. It's very simple and very profound. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. Where God rules and reigns as a king, therein is the kingdom. Just that simple. Now watch this. The scripture says when you and I bow our knee to Christ and we believe as best we know how that he is our Lord and he is our Savior, that he died for our sin and amen, he rose again. When we believe that, the Spirit of God comes and dwells within us, and we are participants, members of the kingdom of God. And when I'm trying to follow Christ as best I can, and we all fail, I fail every day, but when I'm trying to follow Christ, the kingdom of God, guess what? The rule and the reign is active in my life, and when I go somewhere, he's there too. So if I come and visit you too, guess what? The kingdom of God is near. It's not that I am him. I am a bearer of the light of Christ. You and I have the fragrance and the light and the spirit of God that bears witness with other people's spirit. And, you know, just love folks. You get to know them and you sit down. Here's a good thing. 
It's really easy. Invite somebody who's a good old all-American sinner, doesn't know the Lord, to dinner. You might say, but Phil, they smoke. Better they smoke now than later. No. That's pretty bad, Scotty. I might want to take that right out. Yeah. They might smoke and they might spit and they might chew and we got to get that thing for the guys. Go with girls who do. That's what we were all like. If someone hadn't accepted me, I might have died in my sad, hurting, lost state. But someone did. You're the ambassadors. You're the light. So here, all of that to come to this point. I read a biography. Let's have the the band come up, please. I read a biography on... uh, the life of George Finney. Finney was a revivalist, uh, just wonderfully used by God. He, he started out as an attorney and repented. No. <laughs> he, was, he came to know the Lord and had a profound impact. But while I was reading his biography, it said that Finney, every few weeks, I don't remember if it was every two weeks or every seven weeks, it wasn't set like that, but every few weeks, Finney would recommit himself to the Lord. And that really spoke to me. That really spoke to me. And so I kind of made it a habit, not set on some rigid time frame. But I've I've known the Lord since 1973. And I can't tell you how many times I've been by myself and I've gotten on my knees or I was sitting down. And I said, Lord, sometimes my heart gets hard and cold. Forgive me. I want to recommit myself to you. I did this while I was a pastor for 25 years. And I do it now and I'll, because it's just the way it is, isn't it? And I believe God is calling us, whoever that us is, for a recommitment because a new year is coming and God wants to do a dynamite thing. God wants to do a wonderful thing in this new year. And he wants to do it through atmosphere as well as other churches. But through atmosphere, this is where he's called us. And so, Lord, I want to be in that place where you can use me maximally, so to speak. Amen? So here's what I want to do. I don't want to manipulate anybody. I don't like that. So if you stay seated, God bless you. That's perfectly fine. Don't move because I say something. Move because if it's applicable, it's applicable. But I feel like the Lord wants me to challenge believers first to recommit themselves, their lives to the cause of Christ. So if that speaks to you, go ahead and stand up. I'm standing with you, by the way. You know, I'm always reminded of when Moses came to the burning bush And the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, remove your sandals from your feet for the ground upon which you're standing is holy ground. I'm not going to ask you to take your shoes off. Don't worry. But I do believe there is holy ground. I believe ground is made holy when people in the kingdom or people outside of the kingdom come to the king. I believe this is a holy moment. 
for those of us in the sincerity of our hearts the best that we know and understand. That we are in figuratively, because there's not room, kneeling before the Almighty and saying, here we are. So let me pray. But what I want you to do first is let's just take a few seconds, you quietly speaking to our Lord and just tell him what you need to tell him to recommit. Father, we come in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. And Lord, just recommit ourselves to you. Forgive us. We know you do. You're so wonderful that way. I pray that you would fill us with the fire of heaven, that we would be the salt with that seasoning, that we would be a light. Help us to be able to move into the world wherever it might be, work and school and friends and family, and be a witness through who we are and then as ambassadors, as you provide the opportunity, be able to tell the good news. We want to see people coming to know the glorious Savior. So we recommit ourselves. And as this portion of the church that is atmosphere, Lord, we say amen. Let's go into 2020. We pray a blessing upon Pastor Jim and Tara and the team that you surrounded them with that a good and glorious work would be done for the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we are yours. And we thank you. And just staying in a place of prayer, if there's anybody here who doesn't know, you've never just surrendered your life to Jesus, and you might be saying, well, what do you mean? Well, if you don't know what I mean, you probably haven't done it. But if you feel God tugging on your heart and you just want to open your life up to him, I just want to encourage you right now. You can say it to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud, but let this be your prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to open up my life to you. And I don't understand all the questions and things, but I pray that you would make me the person you want me to be, that I would be the recipient of your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. Let's begin here, Lord, even as Jesus used those words, born again. I want to be born of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.